You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly. To your favorite sports show, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, welcome into episode number 57 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. It's been a long time since we've done an episode, it feels like, but every time we try to do an episode... Breaking news comes out within an hour or so after we record, and then everything we just said is complete useless information. So we tried to hold off. <laughs> we tried to hold off with the Carson Wentz news and do an episode after that, but it's taking longer than everybody could have expected. So now maybe we'll jinx it. Who knows? And it'll happen sometime soon and we'll get some information. But because it hasn't happened, we just thought we'd come on here. We'd run down, talk through some of the rumors about Carson and the Eagles and all that. And then the second half of the show, we'll talk about the rest of Philadelphia and run down through some of that stuff. So getting right into it, some of the Wentz rumors. So I guess the biggest one, the front runner for in the Carson Wentz trade situation is the, are the Colts. I maybe not the front runner or you know the I guess Carson Wentz prefers to be traded to the Colts. Um he would from like reports. Yes, from reports. Yeah, Carson Wentz has not said anything to this point. Um the Colts have shown interest but apparently don't have the best offer on the table for them. However, they do have the leverage of Carson Wentz preferring to go there. Um, So, I mean, if it's not the best offer for him, I guess we can assume maybe a second round pick, something like that. Um, It just came out within the last hour of us recording this. It's about noon on Wednesday. In the last hour, it kind of just came out that the Colts have not changed their offer. They've offered, they've, they've made their offer and they've kind of stood at, at that point. And they're not changing that at all. Again, because they have, have the leverage on that. Um, my opinion, I think the Colts probably are the best team for Carson. Um, you know, Frank Reich pushed him to, to be the best version of himself that we have seen in the last five years. Um, and I think that would really be a a, a great spot for him. Um, in the, again, in the last hour, uh, Shiel Kapadia tweeted, Carson Wentz should 100% prefer Indy. Um, career hangs in the balance after a terrible 2020. The Colts offer stability, a head coach he trusts, strong offensive line. The Bears staff has shown no ability to find answers on offense. A head coach and GM fighting for their jobs. What the Eagles get back is irrelevant if you're Wentz. I agree with that 150%. If yeah. I'm a person... I don't give any sort of a crap what happens to Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. 
most specifically Howie Roseman, just based on the way that he's treated him with, you know, an aging offensive line doing nothing to help there. No weapons, trading away all of his closest guys, all of his closest friends, and really just kind of undermining him at every turn. Um, You know, Carson Wentz is a better person than I am because if this was me, I would be doing everything I could to make this organization absolutely burn to the ground. So, no, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, going on that aspect alone, Carson, he's just a good guy. And obviously, there's been rumors that like the Eagles aren't afraid if they can't get rid of Carson just because he is such a good guy. They know that he'll kind of step up if he needs to, which is so frustrating Mm -hmm. and kind of bites him in the butt. But like, the whole aspect of like Carson's such a good guy, he'll do what's right is extremely frustrating because it's probably true, but to a point, like Carson's not going to be out here looking for your best interest, Howie Roseman. Like Mm -hmm. he'd be an idiot too. And like, even though he's nice enough that he's not coming right out to say that it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to try to protect the Eagles. You know what I mean? And I think that narrative is kind of ridiculous. The Eagles have done nothing to protect him. So why is he going to go out of his way to worry about anybody other than himself? Because now he's the only one with his best interest. And I think the most Carson paying, like Carson thing to do with being as respectful as he can be is him staying silent. And because all he has to say is negative things. And it's that saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. And that's exactly what he's doing. And obviously he's still getting backlash and all that. So But going back to the Colts, I think obviously it makes the most sense for Carson, even though it's not like ideally the most fun for me, like just because I want Carson to go to like New England and tear it up with Bill Belichick and that kind of like narrative. But um, it does obviously make the most sense in the long run because of Frank Reich. And when we saw Carson doing his best is when he has his most confidence. Mm -hmm. So if you see him with Frank Reich, he'll fall back into that comfort zone and get back that confidence that he needs. And that's what ultimately I think will revive his career. So it makes sense in that move. Yeah. So the other one is the other team in there, I guess is, is the bears and they reportedly have the put the best offer out on the table. And there have been several different rumors of what that might be. (laughs) The first round pick is what is, you know, what the Eagles want in, in the first place. But then there's talk of it being possibly for Nick Foles and another offensive player. Uh, You know, the Twitter FBI is, is thinking that other player might be David Montgomery. Who knows? Carson Wentz does not want to go to the Bears and the Bears aren't going to pull the trigger without knowing Wentz wants to be there. So I, which, you know, ties into the Colts and, you know, what have you. And, you know, exactly what Sheil said in that tweet, the Bears have proven nothing. Carson Wentz is better than, than Mitchell Trubisky, but they're, they're a terrible offensive team. They've got weapons, sure, but they've had a revolving door at quarterback for, you know, the last couple of years now. And, you know, Mitchell Trubisky gets benched and then they put in Mike Glennon and then they put in Nick Foles. And then, you know, there's a bunch of different people going on out there and they haven't figured anything out. And it's absolutely true. A GM and a head coach completely fighting for their job um, that, you know, might or might or might not even make it through this whole season. Like that could be a, a halfway through the season firing without, and, and no one would be shocked. Um, I love Nick Foles as much as the next guy, but if Howie does this, one, it's stupid. 
Two, yeah. it still continues to encourage a quarterback controversy of a different kind. If Jalen Hurts has, you know, a few bad drives or God forbid, a, you know, a string of bad games or something, um, you know, the quote fans and media will start, sh- you know, shouting to bench him for foals. And, you know, we've all seen we've all seen that story mm-hmm. before. Um, and and three, I just think it's it's worth noting that, you know, Bart Scott was on Get Up this week. And he said, if the Bears secure a better offensive line, adding Carson Wentz makes the Bears a Super Bowl contender. He also said that adding him to the Colts makes the Colts a Super Bowl contender. So what does that tell you about Carson Wentz's talent? Exactly, Jess. I was going to say that's the most frustrating part is that Carson's that big of a piece that he's the difference maker in a Super Bowl contender or not. And we've gone and fallen this far (laughs) from that and it's just so frustrating but um I don't understand really um the Carson side of the not wanting to go to the Bears I mean besides like I know under obviously it's not his ideal spot obviously in his mind from his perspective he probably would prefer the Colts and that makes sense but I don't understand really like seeing the Bears and kind of just being like oh like no like I mean obviously Carson hasn't said that but from I the report, it makes it seem like the that. offense. I mean, it starts with like coming from this toxic environment where he's been a running for his life and b screwed over by management, and they don't have a sure thing at management. They don't have a sure thing at head coach, and they have a turnstile of an offensive yeah. line. And you look at the Colts instead, and it's like it's a coach that he feels comfortable with, and they have a really good offensive line and good weapons on top of that, and a good defense. Like the Colts are in a very good position and especially Mm -hmm. with where that division is with the Texans and and the Jaguars being the way they are and the Titans you know they're they're good but they they're beatable you know what I mean so it's it's a more comfortable situation I think yeah and like that makes sense to me and like I said again obviously the Colts are the obvious choice and it makes sense for Carson to want to go there but in my mind like obviously the O-line situation isn't as ideal, but like, it's not worth at least. I mean, obviously I think differently than Carson, but to me, I just think it's worth to like talk to them because since there are those front office changes possibly happening with the bears to sit down and discuss with them, Hey, if we do get rid of this head coach, how willing are you go or how willing would you be to let your quarterback help you with the next one kind of situations like that. So I think it's not smart to just shut it down right away. And obviously we don't know the actual things. It's just reports, but so that's why I just, mm, but I hate the reports that polls might come back to Philadelphia because it's just the last thing we need is more drama here. And it's just so frustrating. And I cannot, if that happens, Jess, I literally will be over this entire franchise because of the same exact reasons that you already said. Yeah. But I, I think going- what you said earlier, though, about the GM thing with the Bears and possibly sitting down and talking to them. I just I just think I think you have a point. But I think in Carson's head, after dealing what he's with, what he's dealt with from the GM here. You don't trust he- anybody. No, there's no, yeah. there's no trust at all. We trust Frank Wright. Like when you get cheated on and then you have yeah. trust issues forever, that's what Carson's going I think going I tweeted about that. Offices. It's like a once a cheater, always a cheater kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean? like, you did tweet that, yeah. Yeah, and like, and and that's kind of how he feels with the Eagles. And I think that, you know, now he's got trust issues with general managers because of the way he's been essentially cheated yeah. on in Philadelphia. He's not going to 
go and and trust management anywhere else because the GM in in Chicago is also in the hot seat. Like there's a very good chance that he might lose his job. So the the level of comfort and the level of trust, I think, plays a huge part into this in Carson's head, at least like if if I'm Carson Wentz, I'm also about to write it off as well. Because yeah. also in turn, it, it does screw the Eagles a little bit because then the Eagles are going to get have to take the lesser offer, which is just funny in itself. In, yeah, in, definitely yeah. right now, the, person me. the person with the upper hand is definitely the Colts right now because mm-hmm. they know how much Carson doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. Yes. They know that the Eagles front office has absolutely screwed themselves and can't have Carson coming back. One, because of the money. Two, because they've made the fan base so wishy-washy and obviously it's not all of them but like you cannot there's no redemption for Carson in Philadelphia with the things that have been said with the attacks that have come against it all that there's just no saving him here in Philly so the Colts by far have the upper hand because ultimately you have to get rid of Carson you can't Colts and Carson himself have the upper hand. The Eagles are going to come out on the losing end of this, no matter what happens. The oh, Eagles, yeah. and you knew that. There's also a chance the Eagles are supposed to might ha- end up having to pay a lot of Carson's contract to be able to, like, it's not even going to be just the dead cap. What's your thoughts about real quick? Because I know we have to move on to other things. What's your thoughts about the rumors of throwing potentially Zach Ertz in a package with Wentz? I think that is literally disastrous. Obviously, I know we most likely won't have either of them coming up in this season, but to give them as a package to somebody with, especially if it's to the Colts with Frank Reich and just being like, here, take both of these players that you've done and had so much success with who have so much chemistry and just let them go off. The Eagles (laughs) should do everything they can to stay out of the news for at least six months after that. Like, (sighs) they should be so... I have so much secondhand embarrassment for the Eagles organization right now. I can't go. And especially if they go on and they're just. Mm. Jess, I'm back past the point of embarrassment. Like I'm at like the just so frustrated. I want to give up with this team. Like that's why I've kind of been MIA on Twitter too, just because it's so frustrating and there's never a positive thing. It's just more drama, more drama, more drama. And it really just makes following this Eagles team so dreadful. They're like, the biggest I need to get away from the NFL. They're the biggest punchline in the NFL. Right they a hundred percent are. And like, I'm so thankful that it's the off season because I have the ability to just shut them out. Like, the Jaguars won one game and the Eagles are the biggest punchline in the NFL. Yeah. That's, that's where we are. There's another rumor out there. This one's my favorite personally. Um, that Carson Wentz has talked with both Jeffrey Lurie and Nick Sirianni, but won't pick up the phone when Howie Roseman calls. <laughs> I <laughs> just love this. I love it because one, it reassures that Carson is not just being spiteful to everybody, but it also reassures that literally it's what we've all known, and that's just that Howie blows, and it all centers back to Howie, and we knew this, but it just proves it, and ugh. I mean, I told, like, if if it were me, and thank God Carson's a better person than I am, because I would be, I would do everything I could to make Howie Roseman personally just go down for this like oh yeah I absolutely love it Howie is the reason we're in this mess 
Carson Wentz doesn't owe Howie Roseman anything after the way he's lied, manipulated, no. and disrespected not only him, the entire franchise. Like, as a and fan, that's just this year, Jess. Right. <laughs> that's just what fan, he's done this year. <laughs> you should be so offended by how stupid Howie Roseman thinks you are based on the way that he thinks he can just do all this and everything's fine. Like he is single-handedly crippling this franchise and thinks that fans are too stupid to see through all the media BS and that it's not all back to him. He's a disgusting human being, and I'm so tired of the crap. And honestly, I'm tired of Jeffrey Lurie's crap, too, because he is just He's enabling. allowing this to go on. He's an enabler. You're mm-hmm. so right. You're so right. It's, it's sickening to watch this happen to an organization that won their first Super Bowl just three years ago. Like, Dude, they had all the right pieces, and it just went down in flames because of one dude. Maybe two because Lurie. Oh. But, uh, but like some kind of positive news. Let's go well, on to that. We yes, we can definitely go on to that. I will <laughs> say though, but it I mean it, it's so telling to me though that just like Doug and Jim both have so much left in them to give to the NFL as coaches, and they're both like, no, no, I we think need I need a break. <laughs> we need a zen period. <laughs> oh, well, you're right. Some positive news. Jalen Hurts and the receivers are supposedly supposed to be meeting for workouts at some point soon. Um, you know, obviously this is contingent on the weather no, going now, yeah. right now, but, um, you know, I think the first thing to note is backup quarterbacks don't host off season workouts for wide receivers. So mm-hmm. I think that tells you a lot, uh, you know, about what's going on that they will get a deal done. Yeah. I really do hope this helps. We saw how, um, you know, when before the Eagles went when went, went and won the Super Bowl, the year that they had with Carson and the chemistry that they had that year was impeccable. And that was after they all went out to to North Dakota together and they yep. did a bunch of you know bonding stuff. And you know, even you know someone like Nelson Aguilar who had a really rough go at it here in Philly, he had a phenomenal year in 2017. Um, so I'm really hopeful that this does kind of help build up that chemistry on and off the field and the receivers were absolute garbage last year. So I really hope that that kind of works itself out a little bit, you know, spending some time and, and, you know, getting some off season work in and building that up. What do you think? Yeah, no, I have the same exact thing. Obviously it's safe to assume that Jalen hurts would be the starter because of the whole Carson situation. And most likely he won't be back. So I just think that it makes sense. I mean, you have to, build that camaraderie just like you said with your receivers in the future and the teams that have the most success are the teams that have the best brotherhood and we saw that with the 2017 season so I just think it makes sense and hopefully it's the start of something decent (laughs) what are you going to do if the Eagles draft a quarterback in the first round just I don't even think it's possible I think that people are just trying to troll us there's no way that can happen in my mind no way you didn't think that well, I didn't think he would draft a quarterback in the second round last year. Yeah, there's no here we way. Are. I think it's just a troll thing. I think people are just trying to they know that I'm already anxious and like I'm that kid that's freaking out and they're just trying to pick on me now and keep me flipping out over the stupidest stuff. I think that's what that is. <laughs> I'm just going to have a bottle of wine, like an extra one ready to go just in case I have like that's going to be Let's my buy bottles if, of wine and we'll make our own prints. 
and we'll have babes on broad brand. And then the picture will be Howie, the meme of Howie with the like, oh, face. And then yeah. it'll say Howie sucks. That'll be the name of the one. That's a good babes idea. Babes on broad brand, Howie sucks. And yep. then anytime he frustrates you, you crack it open. That sounds like a good plan. I like that. We're going to do that. Yep. 100%. Trademark. Uh-huh. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the other three teams in Philadelphia that are bringing us some a little more joy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll just talk about it. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Welcome back into episode number 57 of Babes on Broad. So we've got all the Eagles talk and the frustration out of the way. We'll try to make it happier right now. We'll do some rundowns of what's happening in the other sports around the, the city. Just take us into Sixers. So it doesn't feel like the Sixers are currently riding a three-game losing streak because there is so much positivity that's yeah. out of it in a way. And there was positivity going into it. Yeah. It's just a slump. So I'm a big there are no moral victories person. Like I, I don't <laughs> agree with moral victories. A I win's a win and a loss is a loss. Yeah, I think I think moral victories are soft. And I think tearing a team down after a win is stupid. Um, and there's a lot of that in this city, which frustrates me. But 
I, I, I do like to continue to be positive and pick out the bright spots in losses, but you know, we well. need to right now too. Um, so, I mean, West coast road trip, which is absolutely brutal with 10 o'clock start times. They make me so sad. Um, but you know, they had a good victory over the Kings. Um, you know, closed that out really strong in the fourth quarter. Um, and then, you know, they go on to lose to the Blazers. However, Ben Simmons really effectively shut down Damian Lillard in the entire second half after a 19-point first quarter. Um, and the Sixers only losing because Melo apparently woke up and it was 2006. <laughs> I, I, like, I, can't, I don't even know how to be upset about that. Um, you know, there were there are obviously issues and, and losing Shake Milton and him not playing on the after that first game of the road trip. That's really hurt them because the scoring off the bench is essentially non-existent. Yeah. Um, the Sixers lost to the Suns. Devin Booker was in, on a tear for three straight 30 point games. Um, ben Simmons played him really tough, but Danny Green switching on to him, let him get hot again. And he again, closed out that game really well. Um, and that then, one made me sad just for the battle of Kendall Jenner. Devin Booker's just definitely in Ben's face like, I'm with the girl. She even posted on Instagram with me. That's what he I said. Just, if Ben still cares about that, I'm, I would like to slap him in the face. Ben's definitely the more attractive one, too, by the way. Devin Booker. Yeah. yeah. that's. I think that's not a question. He's the winner. I just – Ben Simmons holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then – I and speaking of uh, Ben Simmons – Versus the Jazz. Now, Ooh. I would just like to say this Ooh. was probably one of the best nights for my individual brand as a person <laughs> than anything in the entire world. Because This was a moral victory for Jess. This was a moral victory for me personally. <laughs> because without Joel Embiid, Ben went for 42, 12, and 9 on 26 shots. 12 for 13 from the line. His point per game average went up two points, as well as his free throw percentage for the season. Both went up two points. Um, he was just one rebound away for, from the first 40-point triple-double by a sixer since Wilt Chamberlain in 1968. Wilt, and he didn't shoot outside paint, people. He's in conversation with Wilt. But he still can't shoot a three-pointer. Get the kid out of here. Blah, blah, blah. Those are the people in the back. Will and Oscar Robertson consistently. But people are like, bag of chips. I'll take that in exchange for Ben Simmons. Thank you. And like, not even like good chips, like salt and vinegar chips. Anyway. Like the baked ones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. But he was sensational <laughs> on both ends of the floor. You know, he did. He was doing everything that people wanted to say he can't, he can't do. I mean, like, when I say both ends of the floor, he was guarding the best offensive player on their team on one end, and he was being guarded by a two-time defensive player of the year. And he was winning both of those matchups. Not only... I mean, Donovan Mitchell only had, he had 24 points on 24 shots. That's an abysmal performance. An absolutely abysmal performance by Donovan Mitchell. And to highlight my brand further, Ben Simmons' <laughs> career high point total is now higher than Jason Tatum's career high point total. Across the board, just a very happy day to be me. Um, but aside from Ben Simmons, you know, just, just, he, he, he's playing extremely well right now, which is great. We love mm -hmm. to see. the problem right now is Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid are all showing up, showing you why yep. they are all stars, MVP candidate in Joel Embiid, why they're being paid the big bucks. 
The next highest scorer the other night was Dwight Howard with 14 points. He had a great game. The rest of the squad needs to pull pull it together. Danny Green with with three points in that game is totally unacceptable. For he's Korkmaz, been disappointing all season. Though. He has. He's been very. It's a. I. He's not even streaky. He's so polar opposite. Like, there's no average for Danny Green. He's either. 87 years old and looks terrible or hitting nine threes. Like there's, there's no, and even that I would say it's like 65% leaning towards the 70 year old Danny green. Yeah. I I totally agree. Yeah. Another issue. I mean, Furkan Korkmaz was over five from the floor, zero points. They miss shake Milton way more than I thought they were going to miss shake Milton. And they need to do something about the bench scoring because it's not good. It's not good. And I don't know if that's moving Seth Curry to the bench and putting someone else in the, like putting Shake Milton in the starting lineup instead. Like, I don't know what that is. They're going to have to pay attention to the buyout market, possibly try to move some pieces around and, and add some shooting to that bench. But, you know, I I, th- I feel like I had this conversation with somebody in the offseason, but everyone's like, oh, they finally have a bench now. And I was like, all right, like, let's slow our roll because they've we've been saying that every year for the last few years. Like, oh, finally, we got bench pieces. And the bench has been terrible. I mean, Jordan Clarkson came off the jazz bench and had 40. Yeah. So I, just, I, I well, mean, And that's the thing. It's definitely an improvement from previous benches, but it's not what they need to be that championship team. Right. Because it is so streaky. Right. They they need somebody who can just come in and and get them buckets. And that yeah. I mean that has been what Shake Milton has been doing. But, you know, if Shake Milton rolls an ankle, y- you need another option because these are game these were all winnable games and they're all games that you can you can look at directly and go okay, the the bench not scoring any points is what lost you this game mm-hmm. having somebody that couldn't go back and forth with buckets with Carmelo Anthony the other night is what lost them that game and they still had a chance to win at the end you know what I mean it was a terrible play drawn up out of that timeout but you know Seth Curry hits a three to tie it with 1.9 left on the clock like you know it, it wasn't that like they're getting blown out it's they need someone to be able when someone on someone else's bench gets hot when Ben Simmons is taking a rest and he's off the floor or He's guarding the best player on that team and someone else decides to go off. Like he couldn't guard Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson at the same time. You mm-hmm. would expect someone like a Danny Green to step up and be able to play a little bit better defense on that. You know, I mean, some of those things you're like, you know, Jordan Clarkson went off for 40. When does that happen? Like, what are you going to mm-hmm. do? Right. But, you know, the bench not being able to keep up with another team's bench is a problem. Yeah. Which needs to be fixed. But in good news, pitchers and catchers Woo! reported today. Yeah, today, as in Wednesday, February 17th, because you guys will not be hearing this just when we're recording it. But isn't that just a beautiful sound? Even though we're stuck with all this coldness and the snow, and it's supposed to snow again and some more and forever, supposedly. But it's just such a pretty happy feeling to know pitchers, catchers. We see the pictures of them on the mound with the sunny Florida weather. And it's just, it's so nice. And I'm so excited with that. Some things that happened since we've last talked to you guys, which has been a while. It feels like yeah. Jake Arietta went back to the Cubs Bye. which thank the Lord he's gone, but want to know what would be so frustrating if he does what 
classic every Philly we get rid of does and goes off again. I will come back later the year. Right. But I mean, if he does, it's literally just a Philly thing because there was no reason that he will be able to say he didn't produce here when he had the best catcher in baseball. That'd be absurd. You know what I mean? It literally would just be because he's happy he's out of Philly. Which is um, Yeah. We Tommy do. Hunter, he is now with the Mets, which, good for him. Didn't work out in Philly. Too many injuries. Time to move on for us. So, Also, bye. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. I mean, Mets in our division will see, probably most likely see him. Um, Phillies have the fourth highest payroll in MLB, which is very interesting now because they have Archie Bradley. They got some other acquisitions. So, that has risen them. We could see some moves going in with spring training in the beginning of the season to try to cut some guys off with that. One of the interesting ones would be like, um, I mean, I guess like you could try to get rid of contracts like Gene Segura. If you move Scott Kingery after um, spring training, you could also try to do moves like um, Andrew McCutcheon because he's getting older. That's like, a, I don't know off the top of my head, but a good amount of money that we release right there. So just in those two moves, you could cut that down and try to get some more bullpen and starting pitching help or whatever they decide to do. So look out for moves like that. One exciting thing is there is talks about MLB teams letting fans in, which is super exciting because nothing. That's one of the things I miss most. Obviously I'm biased because my fiance is a minor league baseball player, but the best thing in the world is just sitting at a baseball game. And I hope, we have I, that possibility again. I do. The only shade on the Phillies right now I'm so, is I'm the so disappointed in them. What'd you say? I'm so disappointed in them. Yeah. The I shade am. on the Phillies right now is the fact they invited Adubel. I can is it Adubel? I can never say it. Adubel Bell? I, yeah, Adubel. It, I, it literally throws me off. Obviously, I hear it all the time. It's just one of those ones you're like, repeat it again, and I say it exactly the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Odubel Herrera, non-roster yeah. invitee to camp. Which um, obviously is super frustrating because of everything that happened. I'm annoyed, and here's why. Because he he's there, you know, people are like, oh, he's a non-roster invitee. He's competing with, you know, three guys for a center fielder job. He is a better center fielder than all three of them. He is better than Roman Quinn. He is better than Adam Hazley. He's better than Scott Kingery in terms of baseball, in terms of. Yeah, I think him, not so much. So I don't want him on this roster, but the chance that he could actually, from a baseball perspective, beat these three guys out for that position is possible. And I don't like that. Yeah, it is possible, but just from. My experience of covering Adam Hazley and some of these guys, I do think obviously right now Adubel is the more major league ready, high profiler um, center fielder that you're talking about. But I do actually think Adam Hazley can be a solid everyday center fielder in his career. So hopefully we see that jump. Yeah. What'd you say? I don't disagree with you at all. I just, in terms of what we've seen so far with Roman Quinn's injury history yeah he and is never going to be a consistent for some reason, guy. like joe girardi just didn't like adam hazley last year for some reason remember he would just like disappear so yeah he again concerns me into just like opening these doors for Oduber. adam hazley isn't that exciting everyday center fielder he's just the guy that will fill in and produce like do what he has to so i think that's probably why and right. then scott kingry yeah he's probably going to get pulled there i mean if i said 
that they might want to, like how I just said, they might want to cut back on payroll a little bit if they mm-hmm. get rid of Gene Score, which is a pretty big contract. Yeah. And move Scott Kingry to an everyday second baseman after spring training. That takes him out of this situation. So it's a, it's interesting to see how they play it. Um, obviously, like you said, he's not the type of person you want. Um, but with that being said, it is tough because with the narrative of, of what's it called? Um, assault in professional athletes and all that stuff. It's absolutely wrong, but because it's been just so like slap on the wrist in so many different, on so many different athletes, it's kind of just like a, well, you let, um, Tyree kill come back and win a Super Bowl and do that. So, you know what I mean? Oh, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, they, the treatment is, is definitely different because, because they're athletes and across the board. It's so frustrating because it's, yeah. Across the board, you're right. It's frustrating. It's frustrating, and yeah. I don't, I don't support any of these professional athletes still being no, professional I, and, athletes. And that's what's frustrating getting about stuff it. On the wrist. Yeah, and obviously fans shouldn't condone it and stuff. But that's what I mean. The Phillies are probably looking at like, oh, people are still so- celebrating Tyree Kill winning Super Bowls and doing all that in Kansas City. They completely forgot about it. Why not try to give this guy a chance if he gives us the best option? And if he produces, people will forget about it. And that's probably what they're thinking. And it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's but, yeah, it actually. Yeah. Makes and then going on to the mess of the flyers. Oy. Jeez. The latest, latest. So let's see. The Eagles, I think, were the only team that over this last year did not have a bunch of covid issues they had a couple little ones here and there but the the sixers obviously had their week of postponed games and whatever the phillies themselves were okay but because of the marlins and everything they had their week of they were affected now the flyers so they didn't play at all last week due to positive covid tests contact tracing blah, blah 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 um the first time back on the ice was yesterday tuesday um, they were off for eight straight days, and their last four games have been postponed. So as of Monday, there were seven players on the COVID list. No new players have been added since then. Um, right now, they're scheduled to play on Thursday against the Rangers and then Sunday at the outdoor Lake Tahoe venue. But they're expected to not have Morgan Frost, who they wouldn't have anyway because he's out for the rest of the season with a shoulder yeah. injury. But also on that list is Justin Braun, Travis Konechny, Claude Giroux, Scott Lawton, Jake Voracek, and Oscar Lindblom. <laughs> Who's that leave? Kevin Hart? I mean, Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yes. <laughs> Kevin Hart. Leave Kevin Hart. Uh, Carter Hart. <laughs> and Kevin Hayes. Like, so, but that's just... the thing. They have the two goalies and then 14 skaters. So there's yeah. going to be, like, their taxi squad is going to get some some work. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's definitely worrisome. Um, they just need to protect point... Oscar Lindblom at all costs. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I agree with that. We'll see how that ends up. Obviously. It's very upsetting because, I mean, before this, I didn't know directly before this, but I know previously, like around that time, they were towards the top of the league. And all of this obviously is going to affect all that. And then when they come back, missing so many key pieces, it's it's sad because it's just so unfair and all this stuff. It's, it's just a different time. But we'll see how it affects them overall. Hopefully it's not that big of an impact. Yeah, I mean, right now, in the in the east they're still in third um you know they they're 
with 18 points. They're four points behind the Bruins who are in first. So it, it's not. Yeah, I don't know. I think everybody's there's been a lot of teams that are having some issues like it's it's the way it kind of went through the NBA for a couple of weeks where like everything was just getting postponed. Mm-hmm. I think that's happening right now with the NHL. So like they're all over the place across the board. So it's not just the Flyers struggling. So I, they just kind of have to get through it. Yeah, yeah, it'll just be interesting how the NHL handles um, the playoff contention and the rankings towards the end of the year because it is points based. And obviously, the more games you have, the more potential you have to earn those points. So they might have to weigh it out. We'll see what happens there. <sighs> we'll see. What a year. <laughs> what a year. Ugh, I just, I like you said, I do really hope, though, that we can go to some baseball games. I will return to normal. I will be more than happy to sit in the stands in my mask as long as I can go watch some baseball. I can, you know. If it's a 20% capacity, you might not even need a mask while you're sitting in your seat. So spaced out and it's outside. I think they're going to be required. Most likely, I would think they'd be required um, if you're eating, obviously. But, you know, I think think for the most part, there were a lot of, you know, like NFL stadiums. They they did okay. And there weren't any spikes that were linked to that. Um, I have not looked at the numbers in Tampa recently, but, you know. (laughs) That's neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see. And, you know, the, the NBA is starting to open arenas back up. And, you know, so hopefully by the time the Sixers are in the finals, we can go to the Wells Fargo Center and <laughs> see the Sixers play. Hopefully. But th- <laughs> so that's the end of our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Thank you to them as always. Make sure you continue to follow our socials for our next Sixers pregame live whenever we get that on the schedule. And for anything else that we're doing, we'll keep doing some different things and some fun stuff during the off season. And we'll see what happens with the Eagles. But until then, thank you for listening. We are the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.